are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Lily Zhao is here a day early for Zhao You Doing because former All-Pro left tackle Joe Thomas is going to be on the show tomorrow. We do we have a, an atypical schedule this week because it's a bye week. And so we are going to use the bye week for a number of different purposes. We're going to talk to Lily today. We're going to talk to Joe Thomas tomorrow. We're going to talk to Jason Hershorn. And, and we're going to have a lot of fun going through this week because it's a week off. Huge news in the Packers verse. Zadarius Smith is expected to be activated off IR on Wednesday. This early report came from Ian Rappaport and then Matt LaFleur confirmed that that Zadarius would at least be given the chance to come back. They said, you know, boxes need to be checked as of Wednesday. That means that not only did the Packers already get David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers back, we saw them play and play well on Sunday. Sounds like Lucas Patrick is going to continue to be in the best five. I think Royce Newman, it is time for him to just sit this out. He is the future right guard of this team, but he may not be the right guard of this playoff run. And for the Packers, that's probably a good thing because right now he is not one of their best five offensive linemen. He may well be in the future. Jair Alexander is going to practice this week and next week. There should be really at this point, very little concern that he's not going to go. Billy Turner coming off the COVID list, whether or not he can be healthy enough to play is going to be a separate thing, but they're going to have something close to their starting five. Elton Jenkins will will not be out there. Uh, he, he will not be back because of the injury, but they're going to have the rest of their preferred starters and John Rennie Jr., who I thought was going to win um, the opening day left guard uh, job is going to be out there as well. So this is going to be as healthy as they've been on the offensive line in a long time. Healthy as the secondary has been all season. Because you add in Russell Douglas, Kevin King actually had a solid game in that sort of, he's playing like nickel linebacker, dime safety, dime corner. He's doing a little bit of everything and and he's not playing bad football, I'm being honest. So I, I know that that is a, a blow to the narrative. Uh, the haters are furious. It me, a hater. So now you add Zadarius Smith into all this. And, and you know, if, if you've been listening to me all season, you know I was dubious that once the surgery happened, I was like, this may just be it. We may never see Zadarius Smith in a Green Bay Packers uniform ever again. But then, but then last week, he returns to the team. He's posting cryptic things on Twitter. You start to hear things. There's rumblings in the ether. And I predicted on this very show, on this very program, on these airwaves, I said, don't be surprised if Zadarius Smith is miraculously back at practice next week or whenever they actually start practicing in earnest for the game. This is because it's a it's a playoff bye week. 
but they still have practice. They're going to have walkthroughs and film studies and lifts. It's not going to be a full hard week of practice like, you know, early in the season or, you know, a training camp week or anything like that. But they're going to go and get some work. I thought maybe it would be the following week, but I felt pretty good about saying that Zadarius Smith was going to be out there. And lo and behold, Zadarius Smith looks like he's going to be out there. You start to look around on this Packers team. And it becomes very, very, very difficult to find weaknesses. Because adding Zadarius Smith back to the mix means adding an interior penetrator next to Kenny Clark that they didn't really have before. Dean Lowry had one of his best games of the season uh, on Sunday, but he is not the disruptive force that Zadarius Smith is. Kingsley Kiki has been sick there's something weird going on there. I, I I don't know if that is just injury. He was ostensibly a healthy scratch and then hit the COVID list. And then since the COVID list, he's off the COVID list, but now still sick. But he was excused for a personal reason. Uh, it That stuff's all very weird. And, and uh, it, uh, frankly, uh, Kingsley Kiki's not Zedarius Smith. So it's not something that I have really like sat down and tried to figure out or, or like tried to talk to people about. But... You add someone like Zadarius, he can he can make your run defense better, not just by setting the edge effectively, but by being that chaos player in the inside of your defense. Line up in the A-gap and go beat a center or a guard. And even on first and second down, you can do that because he can create a negative. He can disrupt an inside give or an early down throw. Now, the Packers, you know, they've, they've gotten out of that Mike Patton style where we're going to play heavy on first down, nickel on second down, dime on third down. He, he became very predictable and wasn't quite that formulaic, but it was, I mean, it was pretty close. And especially against teams that that ran the ball, it was like, okay, here come the two linebackers and the, and the three true defensive linemen on first down. So teams just started throwing all the time. Well, if you could be more flexibility with your personnel. If you can bring someone in who can defend the run, and Zedarius is a disruptive run defender. Now, we don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. We don't know how healthy he is. But even just replacing all of the Jonathan Garvin snaps with Zedarius Smith snaps make this team significantly better. Or all the Tipanali snaps with Zedarius Smith snaps. That is... The, the gap in talent, I mean, we're talking, this is enormous. Even if he's only playing 15 snaps a game, 20 snaps a game. And maybe by the Super Bowl, he's healthy enough to be, I mean, I, I don't see him coming back and being a starter under any circumstances in the playoffs, but but coming back and, and being a heavy rotation player, someone who plays 40% of snaps, yeah, sure, 25, 30 snaps a game. And is is an ass kicker as a as a pass rusher and an early down run defender as a as a penetrator, just go out there and and mess stuff up. I almost said a different phrase. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. And this defense has had some some roller coaster moments. You bring in two star players. That see the difference the difference between a good player and a bad player. Bad players basically never play well. Good players play well regularly. They play well regularly. Great players 
always play well. Consistency. That's the difference. That's what's separate because they're they're all talented. All these guys have incredible physical tools. Kevin King, early in his career, incredibly physically gifted, inconsistent. Jeff Janis, incredibly physically gifted, highly inconsistent, highly volatile. If you can reduce down those margins of volatility, you take, let's say, Chan and Sullivan off the field in, in nickel situations. And you have your three best corners out there with Ja, Stokes, and Rasul Douglas. I think the Packers will play some matchups with that. I think we will see Ja on the nickel plenty. You are reducing the volatility. You're bringing in Zedaria Smith instead of Jonathan Garvin. You're reducing the volatility. Jonathan Garvin had some nice games. Yash Nijman had some nice games. But with David Bakhtiari out there, you're reducing the volatility. So I don't think this defense is suddenly going to be fixed. No, they're not going to be fixed. There's no fixing the defense. Now, did I think early in the season that they'd be really talented and they could be a top 10 defense? I said as much. Yes, yes. And they were at times really, really good. Defense is is a volatile thing, but also they had streaks where they played really well. They had streaks where they played poorly. That's that volatility. Sometimes the better defenses play good, baseline good, more often. Well, you add back two extremely talented players, and now you're more likely to get good more often. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax incentives. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. That was me once upon a time. Maybe you started driving rideshare from for in addition to your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another, and you need help reporting your income. That's also my family. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you could talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation get the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. The Green Bay Packers might have a buy, but we, with Zhao doing, we do not. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is here. And Lily, we do not get to talk about a win. The win streak is over, but it was a game that didn't really matter. And David Bakhtiari comes back. Josh Myers comes back. Uh, Jordan Love plays a half. And we found out on Monday that Zadarius Smith is set to at least get a chance to come back. Of all of that stuff, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pick. What stands out to you right now as we record this? Um, Outside of the NFC North coaching, GM turmoil, the Packers are... Right, I didn't even mention that the rest of the NFC is in total upheaval around the Packers. Yeah, I, I I just would say, you know, just getting a glimpse of how David Bakhtiari his presence alone being there on the offensive line and along with Josh Myers as well. Um, you know, the limited snaps that he got, it just was like, this is what this protection should have looked like. Not knocking those guys at all. Yash filled in Elton filled in 
earlier in the year, but you know, you're kind of getting a semblance of what this team could look like with everybody back. And I think that was, you know, one of the key points that we picked up now that Z's back, it's, you know, we saw the impact that David's presence had. So maybe when you add Z, hopefully in the playoffs, it's that extra juice, as we like to say. Drink. Um, when we were in December, I was not at all sure, frankly, that any of these guys, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, early December, Zadarius Smith in particular, we we hadn't, we didn't even have like an update of a glimmer of a timeline with Z. I was going, this might just be their team. I, 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 I don't know if we should count on any of these guys coming back. How surprised are you that it looks like the Packers are going to have a chance to get everyone back? I would say very surprised because just from how Matt LaFleur has been talking, it's every day, you know, let's ask about Z. There's no update. He, we'll see how it trends. And then all of a sudden it's overnight we're getting news and, you know, he's posting things and that's kind of getting the fans fans all going. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden today it's, you know, he could potentially be back for the playoffs. So I, I was surprised, but it's a pleasant surprise because, right, you, you want to see at the end of the day this team at its best in the playoffs. And so that's what we're getting. And luckily it's, it's hopefully everybody else stays healthy. And that was, you know, the big thing from week 18 minus Chan and minus MVS. It's that everybody came out of that game healthy. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they have depth now at corner because Jerry Alexander is, is coming back. They have depth at receiver because you're, you're getting Randall Cobb back. I mean, this suddenly looks like a team that doesn't have very many holes. I mean, it doesn't even seem like they need someone like Zedaria Smith to come in and play 60, 70% of snaps because Rashawn Gary has stepped up and become, you know, he's, he's a rising star in this league. Preston Smith has stepped forward. It really is, you know, I, I spent so much of this year going, all right, let's focus on this team and not think about what they could be. Let's focus on what they are. Now we get to do the thing where we go, wait, what could this team be? Yeah, and they can be even better up front, right, with Z. And it's a good problem to have. We have another elite edge rusher who's coming back um, who really wants to prove that, you know, back surgery, everything was worth it. His return is worth it. And I think you're going to have that extra boost up front with him. And, you know, just kind of looking at the secondary, I mean, Jair is going to be needed because I think that's kind of been one of the biggest cracks, I would say, in this Packers defense is just kind of the confusion in the secondary the last couple of weeks. So I think having a guy back like Jair is going to be huge. But when you're looking at the potential of this team with all these guys back, I mean, it just makes everybody, I think, salivate knowing that LA is a really good possibility if they play to their potential. It's it's so hard. This has been like the just the drunkest season. I, and I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it, it is the 18 games or 18 weeks or whatever it is, but it, it's so hard to predict. You're right. The Rams are the most likely opponent, but like I, I just like let's leave the butt there because it's like I, we, who knows what's going to happen. That's why wildcard weekend is one. It's fun. It's why the divisional round is fun as well. Uh, this this Packers team. Uh, they got off to the fast start in on the first drive against the Lions. And then Rodgers, Devontae, it seemed like they were trying really hard to get him that record. And then he's played some limited snaps even, even in the first half after that. Was there anything about how the first team offense played that made you go, I don't know, this is this is like not quite as inspiring as I was hoping for? <laughs> you know, I do think like, you know, the, the expectation is, okay, you're playing a Lions team. It's the Lions. They've won two games. It's the end of the road. It's whatever they're going to lay down. This Packers offense is going to put up a touchdown every time they score. But 
Detroit still has something to play for. They want to, they want to spoil things. So I don't think I was, you know, disappointed, but I will say I'm glad that they got it back out there for a fourth drive to really end things on a touchdown because I don't think, you know, Rodgers and Devontae, they're going to want to leave down 14 to seven and say, Hey, we're just going to sit the rest of the game. Good luck guys. So, you know, while, you know, drives two and three really weren't that inspiring, like you mentioned, I think they were trying to force it to Devontae and rightfully so, but they were kind of keying in on Tay, so it wasn't working. But I, I think they kind of figured things out in fourth drive or the fourth possession. And uh, I think, you know, you're going to get – that's kind of the best that they got out of that offense and their starters and put up two touchdowns. Work for me. Listen, 14 points in one half, 14 points in another half is 28 points, and and you'd be a top-five offense if you averaged 28 points a game. So y- you can't be too mad about that part of it. Two things that I that I do think stand out from that game is – with all that attention being paid to Alan Lazard or to Devontae Adams, it was Alan Lazard who stepped forward. He made some big plays, um, some third down catches, and he has really come on here over the last month. Had that had that bad Rams game and is starting to play really well. And then you get Josiah DeGuara, maybe the surprise play of the last month from from a player who has not made very many big plays to this point in his NFL career. He gets the sixty-two yard tight end screen. It seems like this team with the injuries, and this is why we get so excited, right? Is you have your star players, but because they had to weather these injuries, now you have these other guys stepping up. But it's like, well, if all these guys are actually like good players, this this team is is loaded. They really are. And you know, you talk about yes, it stinks that you're missing all these really good guys early in the season. And but the 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 good thing is for this Packers team is that those guys behind them, like him to Lazard, you know like a Josiah behind Tunyon, they were able to make the most of their opportunities and actually play very well. And that's what you really wanted to see. I think especially for Josiah, because, you know, we all know the connection with Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard, and they're great. I think there's just this narrative of Rodgers is kind of all bone pick, right? Josiah on the field and, and not saying that's not the narrative, but it's just the narrative on Twitter. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You're right. It's just that Rodgers is always mad at Deguara. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one, you know, that showed really, really that this is why they drafted a guy like Josiah. I mean, he he has those playmaking abilities. And, you know, yes, they miss Tanya, especially in in the gold zone. But I think he's really come on as of late now. And I think to help him really dearly down in the playoffs. This is a this is a tough question to answer. Not saying anything about the the quality of the two players in a vacuum, but does big Bob for everything that he does well with this offense, does he make the same play Josiah DeGuara does? Cause I don't think, I don't think he has 62 yard catch run, break three tackles. I don't think that's in his game. It could be, but I, I think Joe's or uh, tongue and Nifling was the go-to guy in the red zone for a reason. Cause he just was a mismatch down there. Um, but that's again, why you have a, a tight end with her, you know, a different skill in terms of that breakaway speed and, and running 62 yards down the field. So yeah, you have two guys who are similar, but they can do different things. And, you know, luckily for the Packers, Josiah's, you know, I think he's gotten a lot more comfortable as the season's gone along and um, yeah, they of course miss Tunyon, but I think Josiah's going to be just fine. Anything stand out to you from the way Jordan Love played? Because, you know, he he had the two interceptions. The touchdown is on a play that he didn't do much on. Um, but but I thought overall th- there's there's plenty to to be, I don't know about excited about, but plenty to be heartened about and say, okay, I see, I see the growth. What stood out to you about the way Jordan Love played? D- did you take anything away from it? 
Yeah, you know, I, I thought the the touchdown drive that he led, it was, you know, he was really patient with everything. You know, I thought he was seeing the field a little bit better. And, you know, the interception, obviously, that wasn't the case. But I do think he looks a little bit more comfortable. I know people are expecting him to just kind of be the second coming of Rodgers and just be out there just slinging the football and, and making plays. Or they're but, mad he's not already. Right, exactly. But it's like you have to give the guy some time. And he's coming in and, and you know, trying to get this team back in the win column. But... I thought he did enough and I think it's going to be hard to say, Oh, he, you know, he didn't play that well. And you know, he just needs more reps and he needs more game reps. But I thought, you know, his, his operation of the offense and especially when there's misdirection, I thought he played really well there. I think his footwork is improving. Um, but again, it, it's just give the guy some time, you know, he's not going to be a hall of famer in his second year. So I think they should be encouraged with what they have and, and hopefully he gets better. Yeah. I saw a, a stat on Twitter that, that compared the first two games that Aaron Rodgers played with the first two games that Jordan love played and love has like 300 more yards. And like, it was just like, it wasn't even close who was better. And it was love, at least statistically speaking. I think people forget what Aaron Rodgers looked like early on. That was, that was before you were in green Bay. You, you got the fully formed ass kicker Rodgers, but mm-hmm. back in the day it was, there was some like, mm, I don't know if this guy is like an NFL player, much less a future Hall of Famer, which is what he ended up being. You mentioned the unrest in the NFC North. Since Matt LaFleur got the job in 2019, 1919. <laughs> Long time. In 2019, the Lions have changed coaches, and now the Bears and the Vikings will have changed coaches um both those the the lions and bears moving on from their gms as well a lot of upheaval it is starting to feel you were you were here in the mike mccarthy days starting already to feel like okay this is new coach new uh, same quarterback same owning of the nfc north because this is this is what it was like with mccarthy for you know 10 plus years yeah and and you know not to say that you know the vikings and and the bears won't hit a quote unquote home run with their coaching hires and their GM hires. They might, you know, we don't know, <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 but in the immediate future, it's, you're going to have Dan Campbell as the second most tenured in the division. And then two first year head coach. So the Packers should be winning the division next year. Not there. That's a problem. Um, so we, uh, I think the Packers will just, will be just fine. It just is, I'm just kind of curious to see, though, who Chicago picks because, you know, we're getting the rundown of who they're interviewing and everything. And now it's kind of who do you pick? Because I was listening to those those press conferences today and it's a little sliffy. Yeah, when 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 you hear your uh, your your ownership group say, well, I'm just a fan. You start to you start to worry about about that because it, it, it it's a it's a weird thing. I, I want to ask you about this. Um. Nathaniel Hackett already has been a popular name among teams. Um, he was a name that that Yahoo's Charles Robinson mentioned in Chicago. Um, Jacksonville has interest. Um, and, and Denver now has interest. How, how appealing do you think it would be, let's say Nathaniel Hackett gets the job in Denver, and let's say Rogers stays in Green Bay? What about what about Jordan Love in a trade to wherever Nathaniel Hackett goes as coach if they need a quarterback? That would be interesting. Hmm. I, I'm, I just, I'm springing this on you. I'm sorry. 
No, no, no. It, it's a good spring, I would say. It, that would be very interesting because I'm wondering in that deal is who else would they get? You know, like how, what are what's the package look like for both teams? But that would be very intriguing, though. Very intriguing because it's, you know, does he not keep Drew Luck? You know, how, how does that whole situation work out? And does he need a new quarterback? And the Packers um, like Drew Locke pre-draft. That's the interesting thing about that. It's like, oh, is he going to Denver because he thinks he can save Drew Locke? Or, you know, like they're, the the Denver part of this is particularly interesting because of that Drew Locke uh, uh, connection. I just, it's been, and, and, it's been simmering in my brain, Lily. Yeah, and the thing is, when you look at the young receivers that they drafted, it's they have offensive talent, you know, yeah. they have good defense. So when you, if you can maybe plug in a guy like Jordan, maybe, and you have a coach in Hackett, that might be something, but it's a very interesting prospect, Peter. I didn't think about Jordan Love going out west. Interesting. It would, it would be, uh, I think, gut wrenching for a lot of fans if the Bears were like, you know, who our new coach is, Nathaniel Hackett, because yeah. he's such a likable guy. And and for by the way, for Packers media who also adore him, um, <laughs> he's he's so fun. I, I I brought it up the Jordan Love thing first because of course, of course, there's going to be this narrative that. Well, if if the Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett, it's because they think they're getting Aaron Rodgers. Like that's that's going to happen if they hire Hackett. That's going to happen. Like th- that narrative is going to happen. And then on top of that, it's if they get if they get Aaron Rodgers, do they get Devontae Adams as right. well? Right. You know? So it, it feels like it'd be a kind of a domino effect scenario. I'm already sick of it. I'm if already it sick of it. And if that is the case, people in Green Bay might be burning things. I don't know. They might flip out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there, there will be, there will be some unrest. I would predict that. Do you, would you have any interest if you're the Packers? And I don't know if these coaches would be interested in doing it. Vic Fangio presumably wants to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Mike Zimmer presumably wants to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, but those guys might want to win a Super Bowl. Like, Hey, defensive consultant position. Why don't you come just like Vic Fangio? This you we we run a version of your defense here in Green Bay. Why don't you just come hang out with us for the next couple two three weeks, and um, then you go you can go be a defensive coordinator wherever you want. Shout out to Charlie Barons. Maybe I mean maybe that is the thing that they need, and maybe it'd be the shocker that we all would be talking about this offseason, right? If That'd be great. Fangio does come to Green Bay as a consultant, be kind of like a Don Capers esque kind of guy helping out the defense. I mean, that would be one heck of a storyline that I think would be really fun to talk about. So Vic, you want to come to green Bay? I think we should start, start the campaign. He does. Unfortunately, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be like, Oh, people on Twitter want me to do this thing. And and not, not that any coach reacts that way, but like he would not even see it. It would not even register on his radar in any way, shape or form. It would. So that would almost make it funnier. Um, we have what they're calling now super wild card weekend. Thanks. I hate it. We need to find a new name. Um, but of those games, which one are you most excited to see irrespective of the, okay, who the Packers are going to play part of it? You know what? I think I'm excited in the NFC for the Cowboys Niners game. Same. Just, right. Just with how the Niners came off that win. It's like, they're a team to be reckoned with. Not that they weren't before, but they played their butts off. And then you have Mike McCarthy on the other on the other side of it. So it's I think that's going to be a really, really, really phenomenal game. I think that one's going to be the one to watch. I, I made the joke on Twitter, and maybe it's not even a joke that that John Madden and Pat Summerall are going to call that one from heaven just for old time's sake because it seemed like we had Cowboys and 49ers. They were always on the call for the we had big games in the 90s. 
I great uniforms. I'm stoked for that one. That's the one that I've got my eye on too. Um, it's going to be a really good weekend, except Sunday night. We can all take Sunday night off. I'm not. I'm not watching Steelers Chiefs. You cannot make me watch Ben Roethlisberger play football anymore. No, thank you. Um, but we will be back here next week talking about the opponent that the Packers will face in the divisional round. Lily Zhao. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Peter. All right. I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Excellent to talk to her. Glad she was able to make her schedule work this week to record a little bit early to get her earlier in the week. Move her up. You guys were clamoring for her. We always, always want to hear from Lily. So glad we were able to make that work. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back. Why would you pay full price at the tank? Why? It's already expensive enough. Some people who drive a lot are making up to two or $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash goes right back to your account. You can cash out anytime. Bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a 50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. And there is a lot of buzz right now around online gambling. I dabble myself and you might be overwhelmed by the options same game parlays and point spreads and all the different machinations that are out there well onlinegambling.com today's sponsor on the podcast they are there to give you an edge by providing you the best and most trusted experience online all day every day and helping you beat the odds They want to empower gamblers to get an edge. They want to provide you with the tips that'll help you make some money. NFL playoffs, just the best. They're the best to gamble on. So go to visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you an edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Joe Thomas on the program. Expert Tuesday becomes Expert Wednesday. Uh, And as I mentioned, Jason Hirshhorn is going to be on the show on Thursday. We're going to go over our awards ballots. We are both pro football writers. um, And and so we get awards in the PFW. We get award ballots in the PFWA awards. And so we're going to go over our ballots, talk about the best players in the league. And we're going to figure out what we're going to do on Friday. We We may or may not have a show. And we may or may not do a live. Still trying to figure that out scheduling-wise. So we will see on all that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.